Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. Sciatica pain can be caused by a lot of things. And the diagnosis of sciatica is actually just a description of the pain that you're experiencing, and it doesn't identify the cause of it. And as a result, the diagnosis of sciatica should not dictate what exercises or stretches to do for relief. However, with a little bit of digging, some medical imaging, and a two-way communication between client and practitioner, treatment of this condition is possible. In fact, you can actually take your own rehabilitation into your own hands by focusing on what makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse. My 20-page ebook is actually able to help answer any question you may have about sciatica pain. And all you need to do is actually go onto our website, ifixyoursciatica.com, and fill out the information to receive your free copy. Today, I'm actually going to be talking about specifically the condition called spondylolisthesis. This is a common diagnosis made and confirmed either via MRI, CT, or X-ray. And it is the forward slippage of a vertebrae on top of another. And this condition can present itself as back pain as well as sciatica pain. So what is spondylolisthesis and how can we fix it? Now, as I said before, spondylolisthesis is the forward or anterior slippage of one vertebrae on top of the other. There are many variations of this condition ranging from a spondylolisthesis caused by trauma, congenital or being born with it, and through other unknown causes. And the general term is actually described as, again, the vertebrae slipping forward on top of another, which can result in altered spinal mechanics, nerve impingement, or even worse, spinal cord impingement. Now, there are currently five grades of spondylolisthesis, and it's categorized on the distance that the top vertebrae moves on the bottom. A grade one is a one to 25% slippage, Grade two is up to 50%. Grade three is up to 75%. Grade four is 76 to 100%, so full slippage. And beyond that, beyond the full slippage, we have what is called a grade five, which is also known as a spondyloloptosis. The first two categories are actually often treated with conservative measures, which include physical therapy, strengthening of the core, while the other three grades require a deeper medical follow-up, which can include surgery. Statistics actually show that up to about 18% of uh, adults actually present with the spondylolisthesis diagnosed via MRI. The source for this statistic can actually be found in the description of today's episode. So what are some causes of this condition? Uh, It can occur at birth, 
but also there are some other behaviors and habits that can contribute to this positioning. With the forward slippage of a vertebrae on top of the other, if we look at it at a three-dimensional three view of the spine, that means that there's going to be a little bit more extension, also known as arching of the spine, specifically in the low back or the lumbar spine. But the spine doesn't operate in isolation. In fact, your body is actually the sum of its parts rather than each individual component. The general theme for spondylolisthesis is chronic and excessive spinal extension, which can facilitate more slippage. So if we were to look at the spine that is often extended, such as this specific condition, there are a couple things to consider when looking at it and solving and treating this issue. And we have to ask the question, what would put the spine in this position over a prolonged period of time? Now, the first thing that comes to mind is, have you, if, is the term anterior pelvic tilt. Have you ever heard that term before? The term itself is actually not a bad thing. In fact, it actually just describes the position of the pelvis when standing. Consider your pelvis to be a bucket and it is actually sitting on a shelf, which is your legs. A neutral pelvis actually means that the bucket is upright and there's no spillage or whatever is in that bucket. A posterior pelvic tilt is actually when the pelvis is leaning somewhat backwards and some of that spillage can actually move towards the back. This would actually put the spine into what is called relative flexion or rounding of the spine. The muscles that would be short and tight would actually be the abdominals and hamstrings. It would be shortened and tightened. Uh, and as a result, you would have weakened the low back extensors. Whether it be short or tight, lengthened or weakened, people are often going to be complaining of a general tightness in their core and including their hamstrings. An, an anterior pelvic tilt is when the pelvis is rotated forward. So you're looking at forward slippage from that bucket. And so the muscles that are often short and tight include the low back extensors, which includes the multifida, the quadratus lumborum, the erector spinae, as well as the quadriceps. You're gonna be experiencing lengthened, weakened abdominals and hamstrings. So oftentimes you're gonna feel tightness in your low back and your hamstrings are gonna be rock hard as well. The position of the pelvis in an anterior pelvic tilt actually places the spine into what we call relative extension or arched. An anterior pelvic tilt can also result in tightened and shortened hip flexors which is called your psoas muscles, your psoas major, psoas minor. And the attachment points for uh, this muscle can include the anterior or front portion of your vertebrae on the vertebral bodies and insert on the highest point of your thigh bone, which is called the lesser trochanter. And when shortened, the psoas muscle can actually make hip extension or pushing the leg backwards difficult and increase the extension movement at the spine which can increase the risk of spondylolisthesis. So if you have an anterior pelvic tilt or someone says you have an anterior pelvic tilt, here are five action steps that you can actually take to improve your position and address your sciatica pain related to spondylolisthesis. The first is going to be train your body in a more neutral position. A simple yet effective exercise is the posterior pelvic tilt. 
it actually trains your body and your pelvis to understand the neutral position. And it's usually done on your low back, uh, done on your back before you do it in standing. The second one is that you should be lengthening your hip flexors. And you can do this with a two-way lunge stretch. Hip flexor stretches are one of the few types of stretches that I actually implement when it comes to static stretching as compared to dynamic stretching because we want to truly elongate those muscles. Number three, you have to strengthen your glutes. And you can do this by simply squeezing your butt when standing. And really a big key is that when you squeeze your butt, it actually puts your pelvis into a little bit more of a neutral position. Now, if you're having trouble trying to contract your glutes in standing, try this. Tuck your ribs down towards your pelvis as you squeeze, and you'll notice a huge difference. Number four, you should be giving your lumbar extensors a break. A simple forward bend can actually be extremely useful. And if your back is in a perpetual state of extension from this tilt, adding the novel forward bend can help out significantly. Just like in yoga, try to bend forward segment by segment. And number five, you have to be aware of your standing posture. Standing up at attention and puffing up your shoulders is not as useful as you think, but think about standing up tall, keeping your ribs and your pelvis connected. Now, speaking of posture, the next piece of the puzzle is addressing your standing posture. The reality is that there's no such thing as perfect posture. I've done all the research. And the human body actually prefers to be moving. And if you are stuck in one position for a prolonged period of time, aches and pains will develop, whether if you are sitting down for hours or standing up for hours. If you're not moving, you're going to develop those aches and pains. Now, a lot of people think that the concept of standing tall actually requires to pull the shoulders back and puff up the chest. However, that actually increases the lumbar arch, aka extension into the low back. And that increased arch will actually require the pelvis to rotate forward and an anterior pelvic tilt, placing more stress on the low back and hip flexors. Now, this position is not specifically bad for you. However, if you're stuck in this position all day when you're standing, I wouldn't be surprised that your back is going to feel tight, pinchy, achy, with possible irritation of the nerves coming out of your back. This isn't to say that you shouldn't, that you should be standing with a forward uh, flex posture 100% of the time either. When it comes to standing posture, my biggest recommendations to my clients is, you can put this in quotes, is be aware of your standing posture. And if you're spending too much time in one position, you have to switch it up. This statement also applies to any position. The body prefers novelty or a variety of movements, and positions, so it's important for you to stay active and moving. Another big component of prolonged spinal extension is how we exercise and move. Two common exercises that can perpetuate this motion outside of just standing alone is the squat and the hinge. And the squat and the hinge exercise was considered a functional movement in which it is done outside of exercise in everyday life. It incorporates multiple joints and it can also be done at a high intensity, which means that when done correctly, it can move a ton of weight and generate a ton of force. So let's break these two movements down individually and show how it actually impacts spinal sciatica 
or spondylolisthesis or in general spinal extension. The squat pattern is simply sitting down and standing up. And this is something that we actually do on an everyday basis, getting in and out of the chair, toilet and or the couch, or even getting in and out of the car. And the squat has been demonized in the past because it was believed that squatting was bad for the knees and bad for the back due to poor execution. However, if you do it correctly, this exercise and movement is actually quite beneficial for all of your joints, your hips, knees, ankles, back and core and everything. The primary movement should be occurring at the hips and the direction of your body should be moving back and down. So think about the hips moving in a diagonal position. So you're going down to that seat, that chair, couch, or cushion, or whatever. And throughout this entire movement that the heels should stay down throughout the entire exercise, if you're working out or movement when you're going about your day. The hinge pattern, also known as a deadlift, is the movement of picking something up from the floor, whether it be a piece of paper or a heavy weight like a barbell. This movement was often demonized because when done poorly, it could place a ton of stress on the back. And if you're listening to today's episode, then you are probably experiencing pain and sciatica. And the prime movers in this exercise includes the hips, hamstrings, and glutes. The hips are going to be moving backwards as the torso leans forward to load up the hamstrings and the hips. Now you have probably heard of the phrase, lift with your legs, not with your back. And this is often accompanied with a stick figure or cartoon image of someone actually picking something up from the floor where you're told to quote unquote squat as you pick something up from the floor. And the reason why I actually add the quote unquote here when it comes to the squat is that this phrase and image actually requires you to maintain an upright torso. And the reality is that keeping an upright torso with any of these movements actually translates the load onto your spine and perpetuates the extended lower back. Thus, if you already have an extended back due to conditions like spondylolisthesis and that is contributing to your pain, then this is actually not going to feel very good for you. And in fact, it can actually make you feel even worse. In the gym setting, you'll actually often hear your trainer or coach to, to arch when squatting and deadlifting a specific weight. And the purpose for this cue, because these coaches have the best intentions to ensure that you are healthy, but the, perfect, the purpose for this cue is to ensure that you are not leaning forward when completing this exercise, which in theory would protect your back. However, if your low back is already arched and you combine that with weight and a tighter arch as you complete the exercise, you're gonna only make things tighter and more compromised. And this cue is often used because it's way easier to stay arched and tight than what I'm about to share with you right now. Here is the reality. If you let your torso lean forward by hinging at your hips, your abs will fire more effectively, leading to a stronger and more stable spine. I repeat, if you let your torso lean forward by hinging at your hips, your abs will fire more effectively, leading to a stronger and more stable spine. Sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? You would think that if you leaned your torso forward, there would be increased stress in the spine because that's what we've been told. 
And for decades, we were taught that forward bending was bad for you. But the truth is, if you hinge at the hips and have the torso lean forward, you are able to recruit your abdominal muscles, the front side of your core, and this can help significantly with spinal stability and reduce your pain. So regardless, if you're squatting, getting out of a chair, picking up a piece of paper, or lifting a 300-pound barbell from the floor, let that torso lean forward and tighten up your abs. You're going to notice that your spine is rigid and your back is going to feel better and you won't be as scared. Now, I can't promise that this is going to be easy. You're going to be trying to break every single voice in your head that says you can't lean forward, but as long as you move at your hips, you're going to be in a good spot. I like to think chest down towards the floor and you can feel the difference. Now I'm going to share with you another uncommon fact about spondylolisthesis, back pain and sciatica. Your back extensors, which includes your erector spinae, quadratus umborum, are probably a lot stronger than you think and what your physical therapist, doctor, coach think as well. Hear me out. Your back extensor muscles are the same muscles responsible for arching your back, AKA extending your back. And with a condition like spondylolisthesis, your spine is already in a relative extended or arched position. And if we know that with this condition, that extension can actually make the pain worse and more irritated than doing excessive extension-based exercises like Superman's, bird dogs, back extensions could actually make things worse. And I would actually suggest doing the exact opposite, strengthening your trunk flexors, strengthening your trunk stabilizers. And I don't know exactly when the time, I, I, I don't know exactly the time when forward bending at the spine was actually demonized. Uh, interestingly enough, the first set of physical therapy exercises for low back pain was actually based mostly on spinal flexion or the forward bend. I'm talking about decades ago, where the first four exercises prescribed for low back pain include a pelvic tilt, a single knee to chest, double knees to chest, and a forward bend. If you search the best yoga poses for back pain, you'll see the child's pose, happy baby, and other movements that have spinal flexion in them. So I'm not really sure why or when spinal flexion became so scary and was a cause of everyone's pain. However, I've heard repeatedly from doctor to doctor, coach to coach, friend to friend, physical therapist to physical therapist, that forward bending at the spine is so bad for you. So you know what we do in response to that? We end up overcorrecting. We puff up our chest. We arch up the lower back. We get into an interior pelvic tilt. And in most cases, this demonization of forward bending makes it increasingly scary to bend forward. It literally lowers our threshold for pain-free movement. And as a result, the forward bend will set off alarms producing pain for us. And then as a result, the extended position in the spine is perpetuated. And if you have spondylolisthesis, this makes the pain even worse. So what do you do if back extension hurts, but you're quote unquote, never going to bend forward again? Well, today I'm giving you permission. If you have spondylolisthesis and it feels better bending forward, then I give you permission to bend forward. 
There's no such thing as poor posture. And there's no such thing as a bad exercise. There is, however, postures that you can be in for too long of a time and that can cause pain. And the application of the wrong exercise to the wrong situation can facilitate pain. So I'm going to help you relinquish your fear of forward bending today because if it feels better and makes you feel better, then that is the movement pattern for you. So now that we've talked about some conditions and situations that can attribute to a perpetually extended low back to the point where spondylolisthesis occurs, let's talk about five action steps that you can take today to help you recover from this condition. The first one is add in the movement that you know provides you the best relief. If it's a forward bend, then add that forward bend into your day. Number two, your hip flexors are probably going to be pretty tight. So a lunge stretch can be a good way to loosen them up so that your pelvis can be in a more neutral position. Number three, a simple exercise like the posterior pelvic tilt can actually be helpful to restoring a neutral pelvis, reducing that extension load on your low back. Number four, when standing, think about pulling your rib cage and your pelvis together. You don't have to keep 100% tension, but generate enough tension to be aware that your spine and your pelvis are in a more neutral position, not flat position, just more of a neutral position. And the fifth one is that you got to strengthen your midline. That's not just your back extensors, but there's also your obliques in the front and the front portion of your core. If you can maintain a stable midline and move at your hips, you're going to experience less irritation. You're going to feel stronger and you're going to feel so much better. Lastly, spondylolisthesis is often diagnosed via medical imaging. As with all medical imaging, they are really great at figuring out and identifying if there's a sinister event, like a fracture, cancer, and even the degree of slippage. But the key to your recovery is finding the positions and stretches that provide you the most relief. And if you feel like you've been trying to fix your pain yourself and have failed with doctor after doctor and really need some help getting back into a pain-free life so you can do the things that you love, then book a call with us today by emailing us at info at ifixyoursciatica.com. We also have this amazing program for you, which is a low back pain and sciatica program that is delivered via text message. You no longer have to wait for an open appointment, and you don't even need to pay an expensive copay to see professionals. Our sciatica protocol provides the step-by-step -step guidance that the best in the pain management field use to treat your pain. And you're gonna be able to receive this all through your cell phone. You'll receive daily stretches and exercises catered specifically to you so that you, you can recover as quickly as possible, ensure that you're getting back into the things that you love. If you don't want to wait for pain relief, then text sciatica to 551-231-1318. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.